Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. Listen, I make it a personal goal of mine to try and learn how to be content without falling into complacency. I'm going to unpack that a little bit for you today and even throw in a couple of tips about how that tends to work in our relationships, not only with our significant others or spouses, but also in our relationships with money. Before I jump into that topic today, however, I would like to just give a quick shout out to all of my listeners out there, whether you are tuning in for the first time today, or you have been with me since the very beginning of this podcast, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all of the questions, all of the support, and for letting me know when a particular message has really resonated with you. If you haven't yet had a chance, I encourage you to leave a five-star rating or a review when you are done listening to this episode. And without further ado, I'm going to jump right in. While I know I've talked about this topic in the past, it recently came up with a client and so I just thought I'm going to bring it up again and this time I'm actually going to throw a few extra pieces of insight in there because as you may or may not know, I'm a constant learner and I have even developed more insight on the topic even since the last time we talked about this. So let me tell you a little bit about this client. She is a real go-getter. She's an entrepreneurial driven individual and she is a very creatively minded person. She is married, has a few kids, and has recently come to me and said that she's frustrated with the fact that her husband seems so content just being where he is, like just kind of staying stuck where he is. And I did find that a little bit interesting that she used the word content and stuck in the same sentence. And so with her permission, I I said, you know, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about what the difference in my mind is between contentment and complacency. And she said, absolutely. Absolutely. So we kind of got talking about that a little bit. And I just wanted to shed a little bit of light on what we discovered together about that. And maybe you can draw your own conclusions after hearing some of this stuff. So I want to start by telling you the definitions of these two words, because I do believe words matter. And I believe that the meaning behind words matters. And so the, the meaning of complacency, now both of these are going to be used as a noun, so a state of being. And complacency says a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger, defect, or the like. It also says self-satisfaction or smug satisfaction with an existing situation, condition, etc. That whole first part, the part that says a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, that sounds really good, right? Like, wouldn't we all kind of want that feeling of quiet pleasure or security? It almost sounds kind of like when I talk about peace of mind. And so one might ask why I would scoff at that word. And I don't scoff at it. I just recognize the second part of that definition, where it says often while unaware of some potential danger, defect, or the like. Well, if we are completely unaware of potential danger, then that means we're not really open-minded in the moment. Like we've done something and we're feeling pretty darn good about it, but it's almost like like a self-righteous good, you know? Like um, there's there might be something else over there. And so I just try to be very, very careful about not being stuck in complacency and not realizing that there could be danger around the corner. 
So uh, with that, let me tell you what the definition of contentment is. It's a lot shorter. It says, the state of being contented, satisfaction, ease of mind. Those are the three descriptions that are given for contentment. Now that, you might have noticed, is missing the second part about being unaware of some potential danger. And so that's the one of the biggest reasons that for myself, I try to make sure that I am content so I have an ease of mind and a satisfaction with where I am at the time, and yet I'm not stuck in complacency. So you might be wondering to yourself, okay, well, if you're truly content, then are you wanting to grow? And if you're not wanting to grow, then aren't you kind of just being complacent? And here's where one of my new insights has come out, and I wanted to just share this with you. I think for myself, the idea of being content really has to do with what is your current state of being? In other words, like, are you, when we're talking about your current self versus your future self, if your future self would be content with where you are right now, then chances are your future self would actually be complacent. But because you have not gotten to that next spot yet, then it is okay to be content with where you are. So for myself, every once in a while, I'll ask myself, okay, am I, am I content or am I complacent? And how do I know the difference? Well, I know the difference by asking myself, am I where I want to be given my life experience, given the knowledge that I have, given the gifts that have been given to me, given the circumstances that have been dealt to me? If I can say yes to all of that, then that is true contentment. And I can be content and still be willing and wanting to grow because that willingness or desire to grow into something more, to be more, to be better, that is not stating that I'm no longer content. It just says that my future self, who will have more knowledge, who will have different circumstances, who will have different resources at my disposal, I will be in a different place then. And so I will be in a grown place then. And at that time, to be content might look a lot different than it does today. But if I don't have a willingness to grow, then the way that I am today might very well be the way that I am three years from now or five years from now because I'm stuck in complacency. I hope you can kind of see the difference where I'm going with that because one of the reasons that she brought this up to me is because it was frustrating to her that her spouse seems to be very content with where he is and yet it frustrates her because she's kind of a set the world on fire type of gal. She likes to go and do all of the things and and learn and grow and develop and if he's not doing that right along with her, feels a little disappointing, I guess. So what do we do about that? Uh, how, how can we actually talk to our spouse? How can we, how can we relate to them and say, you know, I really want to, I really want to grow and I want you to grow with me without them feeling like they're not good enough for us. And how do we know whether they are content or they are complacent? And more importantly, how do we know if we are content or if we are complacent. And what about the fact of not being complacent, but also not being able to be content? So you see, I see this kind of like on a scale. And, you know, let's, let's assume that contentment is on the far left 
of the scale and complacency is on the far right of the scale. And in the middle, uh, you might have somebody who is just such a go-getter, but they're never really happy or content with where they are. I would say that they're not, they're not content, right? And, and so sometimes, even if we are trying to better ourselves, if we're not able to just rest in our contentment, if we're not able to accept where we are, that's not a very good feeling either because then it starts to feel like we're never enough, right? So when we have this issue with our spouses, it it can be very frustrating for both of us, whether it's our spouse or a significant other, or I'm going to throw another wrench in here, even our relationship with money. What? (laughs) Like you you mean to tell me that this is actually going to relate to our relationship with money? I'm going to say absolutely. It is very easy to become complacent in our relationship with money, to feel like, oh, well, maybe we feel like we've made it and we don't really need to grow. Like we're perfectly happy in our minds to, you know, just continue to make a certain amount of money and to continue to spend the certain way that we do and to make zero change on that. Maybe we believe that that's okay. And maybe it is, but maybe it's just us being complacent. And maybe we're not really seeing some of the potential dangers around the corner. Now, what about that whole, you know, lack of contentment? How does that relate when it comes to our relationship with money? Well, I usually see it manifest in one of two ways. It's either going to make you spend, 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 spend without any thought to where that money is going because it's like you're trying to feed the beast. You know, you're trying to always find that thing or that experience that's going to change your life forever. And so we're always chasing that high, if you will. And then the other way I see it manifests itself is really in the sense of lack. So you're kind of hoarding your money. You're not willing to spend it on anything. You're like the rich uncle who never ever is able to go on a vacation because you're just so afraid that the money that you've accumulated is never going to be enough. And so there's a lack of contentment there. You know, there's not that sense of I'm where I need to be right now and and I'm okay with that. There's always that looking forward and, and wondering, you know, what if, what if, what if. Those are the two ways that I see that really playing out in our relationship with money. So how do we actually fix it? Well, it's only a short podcast today, so I can't get into all of the details of that. But I do have a couple of of tips. And one of them really boils down to communication. If you are talking about human to human interaction, then we're going to revert to some of the communication tips that I gave you just a few episodes ago, you know, using the I feel statement, being able to identify what some of our emotions are around things, being able to recognize when something triggers us, and also being able to calmly speak to the individual and let them know that you're not trying to uh, accuse them of being in complacency or lack of contentment. Uh, You're just trying to really meet them where they are and try to figure out a little bit more about how they're feeling and and where that feeling might come from. When it comes to your money, one of the biggest things that I think is super important is to actually interact with your money on a regular basis. Now, I know that sounds a little bit crazy since it's kind of an inanimate object. (laughs) However, what we touch actually changes. And so we need to be aware of what's going on. If you have a very stale bank account, 
whether it's super full or super empty, stale just means that you haven't really interacted with it in a long time. Maybe you haven't told your money where you want it to go. Maybe you haven't sat down and figured out what your personal priorities are and how your spending plan really aligns with those priorities. If that's you, then I think one of the best things you can do is really start to think, how is your money going to best reflect who you want to become? If you can start doing that and each day, each week, just pick a time and be consistent with it, that you sit down and you say, how did my money, how did my behavior with money reflect my values over the last day, over the last week, over the last two weeks? I wouldn't go much longer than every two weeks, you guys, because if you just sit down with it every month or every six months, it's, it's going to get away from you pretty quickly, I think. Um, and maybe that's something you can do later on, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to only speak to your spouse every, you know, two weeks to a month uh, in order to keep a good relationship. So I probably wouldn't tell you to do the same thing with your money either. You don't have to change your plans every time you sit down with it, but do just kind of check in and say, is this doing what I intended for it to do? And then I do encourage you finally, as I wrap up today, to maybe ask yourself at the end of each day, am I living in contentment or am I stuck in complacency? I'm using those words on purpose. Living with contentment, living in contentment versus being stuck in complacency or being stuck with complacency. Either way, I think complacency is kind of a stuck place for us and contentment is just one of those emotions and feelings of if I were to leave this earth today, would I have lived the life that I was meant to live? And if you can say that, then that's contentment. Enjoy the things that you have. That's the other thing. Enjoy what you've done. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Enjoy the purchases that you've made. Don't live in guilt all the time, right? Actually enjoy what you have and be content with it. You guys, if you are ready to take that next step towards contentment, I encourage you to go to chatwithmc.com and book a free strategy session with me. It is time to stop draining your dreams. Let's leverage your habits. You're not going to have to change everything that you're doing in order to actually see some sustained change in your life. I want to help take you from complacency to contentment. And I believe we can get that started on that first call. So I look forward to hearing from you there. Again, that is chatwithmc.com. You can see more about it at that site. And I look forward to connecting with you. You guys, as always, thanks for tuning in today. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Make Money Behave podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about the Make Money Behave podcast by leaving a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. If you'd like to connect directly with Maria, text the word podcast to 623-400-5225. In the meantime, don't just make money, make money behave.